right, we are back. And it is time for my number one of my top six number one movies. Top six. Number one. Here we go. <laughs> my number one movie of all time is an obscure one. Not many people will hear about this, especially the younger crew, because it was overshadowed by some great sci-fi movies like Return of the Jedi and other movies that were out. After the whole Star Wars phenomenon, a lot of sci-fi movies came out in the early 80s, early to late 80s, and a lot of them were stinkers. They were just rough. They were just going out as quick as horror movies were going out. I mean, it was just every other week there was a new movie coming out, and it had something to do with space. Yeah, if you're a a Mystery Science Theater fan or (laughs) Riff Tracks, they've got hundreds of 80s movies they make fun of. Because it was that that was what was popular. So anyway, this movie came out in 1984 and it is it was just kind of buried underneath everything. And it's unfortunate because it is a very cool story. It has some great messages in it. Just exactly what a kid needs. And that movie is The Last Starfighter. My favorite movie of all time by far not the greatest movie ever. It is very, very early CGI, meaning Tron, and then The Last Starfighter was the second movie to use CGI this much, going full CGI. So when you watch the space scenes, you're seeing a decent Atari game. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> like a Nintendo God, game. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it is a full-on nostalgic pick for me. I, I, to this day, I love the movie. It's got a great message. I've actually gotten a lot of my friends to enjoy this movie as well, bringing it back into their lives. But I'll straight up and say it. When this movie came out, I was nine years old. And I'll preface this with my parents are amazing. and I love them both. But they unfortunately got divorced. And this was the time that was happening. No issues with any of them. Again, I don't want this to sound negative. But, of course, there were fights. So when that happened, this movie went in the VCR. And I've watched this movie a thousand times. And it is just that type of movie that I can watch. And it makes me feel good. It takes me to a better place for an hour and a half. And as a nine-year-old, ten-year-old, when I was watching this movie, probably up until I was 12 or 13, almost weekly... Yeah, this movie comforted me. And why wouldn't it? Because it's such an awesome movie. Quick premise, basically, high school kid, he just graduated, and he's trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life. He wants to get out of here. He wants to go to college, and he gets denied from going to college. He needs to get out of this trailer park he's in, and the only outlet he has is to play this video game. And he's played it so much that he has become the best at this video game in this little trailer park that has maybe four other people his age. <laughs> um, but as a kid, you, you, I mean, it is rough to watch for the first time as an adult. I'll, prob- I'll, I'll warn you of this because literally the whole town comes to watch him break the record of this video game. He's playing this game and he's talking to Otis, who owns the convenient mart. The only thing there other than, you know, the 20 trailers that the people live in. And he's 
all of a sudden he's gotten further than he's ever gotten before. And they're like, oh, oh my goodness, look at that score. And Otis is like, you're going to break the record. And he literally <laughs> turns around to the entire trailer park and yells, hey, everybody, Alex is going for the record. And the entire town comes running to this one single video of the game to watch this 18-year-old kid beat the record. And as a nine-year-old kid, that is awesome. Because that's what you want to do. You want to play video games and be appreciated for it like you saw in the movies. (laughs) That (laughs) never happened. No, I wish my parents got that excited when I did well. Yeah, when I beat beat, uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, my mom's like, go outside and play. (laughs) Anyway. I digress. So to start off with, as a, I mean, it's just it's cheesy to watch as an adult, but you can laugh if you watch it through the eyes of a kid because it's like, yes, he broke the record and everyone loves him for it. His girlfriend loves him for it. His brother's there to cheer him on. The whole town came. So just starting off, it's it's a an uplifting movie. You know, this kid who's down on his luck. Way to go, buddy. So anyway, moving on, we come to find out that that's not just an arcade game. That is a training uh, module or a training test for an actual gun star. And he is the best that they've ever seen. But Earth was never supposed to get this training thing. I'm going deep into the story regardless. Anyway, they take him up to space and he gets to fight the bad guys. And of course it's one on a thousand. And just cause he was so good at a video game, he's able to defeat everyone and save Rylos. And it's just, it is a fun movie. There's nothing else to say. And yes, you're no one's going to love it as much as I do. Probably. <laughs> but I have that Unless nostalgic part. There is, you know, that was my place to be when um, I watched it as a kid. And it just has some uh, great memories for me when it comes to that. But throughout the movie, watching it as an adult, it is kind of funny about what kind of themes you see in there. For instance, uh, right before uh, he does the record um, breaking gameplay, he's sitting there playing, talking to Otis. And he's just like, he's down on his luck. He's not going to be able to go to college. Um, His friends are always going out and having fun. He has to stay here and help fix things. He's just not happy. And Otis, in his wise words, just comes out and says, things change. Always do. But when things change, you got to be ready for it. I'm messing this up. I'm not remembering every line. But, and you got, when you, that change comes around. You got to grab it with both hands and hold on tight. And it's like, yeah, that's 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 a very positive outlook of this. That's a very positive outlook for life. Things are going to change. Things are going to weird. Things are going to happen that you don't like, but it's going to change. Something's going to come that's going to be good, and you got to grab a hold of it and you got to hold on tight because it's easy to be like, yes, I want this. Oh, I'm over it. And now I'm sad again. No, man, grab that happiness and hold on tight. You know, so a great message to start off with. 
everything happens. He goes to space. When he goes to space, he's like, I don't want to do this. I'm scared. And he brings him back. Centauri brings him back home and he's getting ready to leave. And Centauri is like, you're walking away from history. I mean, did the Wright brothers think only birds could fly? Did Columbus think the world was flat, you know, and he's saying all this stuff. And Alex looks at him. He's like, I'm none of those guys. I'm just a kid from a trailer park. And Centauri says, and again, I caught this as an adult. It's so amazing. But after he says that, Centauri looked at him and said, if that's all you think, then that's all you'll ever be. Gets in his car and drives away. And it's just like, ah, that's so powerful and so true. Again, it's you got to just look for little things in movies like that that you can grab a hold of and hold on tight. You see how the circle came around on that? It's just that that, this movie just it, it really hypes me up. It does. I just love this movie. I seriously watch it once a month, if not more. It's just a fun, cheesy movie. It might be a little bit rough to watch new, but there's just a great story there. And sooner or later, somebody's going to wake up and be like, oh, yeah, there is. Let's start. Let's make that sequel. And uh, when they do, you want to be ready for it. 100% recommend family friendly the whole nine yards. I had uh, never I've heard of The Last Starfighter. I had never seen The Last Starfighter until Doug uh, Doug introduced me to it. He I remember he we used you know, we were roommates and he's like, you ever seen this movie? I'm like, no. And he put it in and I was like, oh, this is so much fun. So I have it on Blu-ray, which I believe, Doug, you gave me the Blu-ray. I think you bought that for Christmas for me one year. Nice. And uh, I've sat down and I've watched it with my kids. And like Doug said, it's just a fun film to watch. You know, it's a little dated with the <laughs> with the graphics and all, but it's just one of those, uh, like you said, it's uplifting. You feel good afterwards. It's got a great ending. Totally left open for a sequel. I don't know what's taking so long. <laughs> now, I think the movie yeah. came out about five years too early. This is 1984. Yeah. So we're talking Nintendo hasn't even really hit big in America yet. I believe in 84. Yeah. Maybe or it's just starting to sneak in. So we're still dealing with Atari. So people aren't, you know, that big video game boom of uh, Sega versus Genesis that hadn't hit yet. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't. And again, it was buried under 17 other bad sci-fi flicks that came out around that time. Where if that movie would have came out in like 89, 90, when arcades were still very popular, but more people were playing video games because you had the Nintendo and Sega that were so popular. Because that was the cool thing, because I was playing Atari and in television, the ancient games right behind me um yeah right there so i was in the video games in the early 80s and this was that it was a video game movie this kid became a hero because he played a video game and as a kid that's just and this is one of the few movies i can watch and i still get that feeling you know there's hundreds of 80s movies i love and i'll watch every year and everything like that but there are very few that i can sit down and watch and really remember what it was like to be 
10, 11 years old watching this movie, wanting to beat a video game. So somebody will come take me to space and, you know, I can fly a spaceship, you know, um, just daydreaming and imagining stuff like that. It's, it was fun like that. And like I said, you know, it got me through some um, rough times. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this movie's always there. There will, I, there's no way any movie can ever be invented again. That yeah. will be better than this movie, in my opinion. I associate this movie with Doug so much that uh, his ringtone when he calls me is the last Starfighter theme. So it's like. Which is an amazing song, by the way. Yeah, it is. It, it really that is, is a good song. I mean, it's just. I can't even remember who. Uh, I'll have to look that up. Did that. Who did the music for this? Craig Saffin. He wanted to go bigger than Star Wars. So he <laughs> used a. He used a huge orchestra, uh, resulting in an unusual breadth of instruments, including a quadruple woodwinds and eight trumpets, trombones, and horns. So he used a bigger orchestra than oh, John nice. Williams did. I mean, it's a London full Institute. song. Yeah, it's it's not you know somebody playing on the keyboard. I mean, it is a full orchestra, and it is a strong song. I believe. I think I heard Nathan. You've never seen this movie. I have never seen this movie. No, oh, I have listened to a podcast that went. Scene by scene. I've listened to a podcast about it. Oh, yeah? I've never seen it. Yeah. All right. Don't watch it until we're together. I want to I want to be there. I want to watch this movie with you. You want to see my reactions, huh? I just I I just want to watch it again. <laughs> okay. Yeah, when you come out <laughs> here later this year, we'll watch it. Absolutely. Yeah. I um no, I, I love watching movies that I love with people who haven't seen them. Because I'm hoping you see what I saw or feel what I feel. And so, yeah, I love I, I would I would rather watch a movie I've seen 5000 times with somebody who hasn't seen that movie than watch a movie we're not quite sure about that. Neither of us has seen. It's yeah. basically a spiritual bonding experience for you, right? Like you're 100%. trying to give somebody almost a window into who you are and what you resonate with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Getting to know that movie is like getting to know you. That's interesting. I think that's true for a lot of people, though, when it comes to what they like. Yeah, like if I show you my favorite band, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like I want to be that band. So if you understand the band, then I feel like you understand me. Right. Yeah. And that's so true. I mean, like our group of friends, if you look at us, you know that none of us are listening to Justin Bieber. None of us are listening to Taylor Swift or not very often. Drew, you might because your kids might enjoy him or something like that. But My wife might. Um, uh, my daughter loves Taylor, Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> he says with enthusiasm. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. you, but it's very true. I mean, our group, you know, our core group of friends, you know, we, we all found each other because of rock music. And, you know, we all love a lot of the same bands. We got a few, you know, one might be more Metallica, one might be more Foo, one might be more Weezer um, or Green Day or, you know, but it's all we all love that rock style. And you can tell where some of the people I work with, I mean, and I'm not seeing this in any negative light whatsoever, but you walk up and you talk to him and after two minutes, it's like, okay, I bet he listens to pop. He probably he probably listens to um, all these. I don't know who's popular right now. <laughs> I'm so out of it um, in the pop world, at least. But anyway, you can you can almost see that, and um, I think you can see that with movies as well. The the things we like 
reflect something about ourselves that, that we can't to. speak very yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That quote you shared earlier, I mean, I haven't seen the film, but I can resonate with the quotes you shared. And it seems like on a spiritual level, part of this theme is about almost finding your purpose or like learning to thrive and self-belief because like if you believe that you're not going to amount to much, then you've basically sealed your fate. You know, you've denied Mm -hmm. yourself maybe your true purpose. So I could see a spiritual theme there about fully realizing what you were designed for or, you know, unlocking the meaning of your life, whereas before maybe it was limited. Is that kind of one of the themes of the movie? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, like you said, you know, he's he basically the place where they shot this movie, that's where they said he was from. I've been there. It's right outside of L.A. and is literally a convenient mart where in the movie they call it Starlight, Starbright, just a convenient mart, and then a small trailer park community that probably had 20 trailers in it. Now, when I went there, the trailers were gone, but there was nothing around there for miles. And I don't mean there's stuff torn down or old buildings. I mean, it was pretty much desert. You drive through a tunnel and then there's a small convenient mart on the side of the road. And I talked to the owner and the only reason they they still get business is because of this movie. And she's like, I wish it were more popular because more people would come out, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's just, you know, people will drive on that road going to and from work and have, you know, some of them might stop in to get some food, you know, coffee or something like that. But there's just nothing around there. So take that into real life. You know, this kid's living with in a small community. He's probably got to drive 10, 15 miles, probably farther to get to school. He just wants to get away. And he can't do it and he can't do it. And that's, you know, and him finally breaking this record and getting called up to fight in this space war. He's become, he, like you said, he has evolved into the person he's supposed to be. He's found his niche and, uh, you know, that's uh, something we all strive to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. And also in this movie, he's from this, you know, like you said, a small community nothing around, but he had like a lot of responsibility put on him that he didn't necessarily want. Something breaks. Who do they go to? They go to Alex. TV antenna is not working. Go to Alex. This isn't working. Go to Alex. And he Mm -hmm. just had like the whole weight of this trailer park is on his shoulders. And I think a part of him wanted to leave, but I almost wonder like a part of him almost felt like I can't leave because all these people need me. What do I do? This isn't, but this isn't what I want to do. So yeah, I mean, I can definitely see where you could come down and think this is all my life is ever going to be. And then when you least expect it, there's that, the opportunity. It's a great film. Yeah. I and get why people start feeling like that, too, because sometimes life just beats you up. Oh, absolutely. And I've actually had moments where I've felt like that. I mean, when I moved to Kansas from Texas, you know, I was pretty beat up because I that's when I'd paralyzed that vocal cord. And I kind of lost, for that time, my shot at a music career, I felt like. So I was pretty beat up. And I go to a movie, and it speaks to me. It's The Dark Knight Rises. And that movie made me start thinking about dreaming about purpose again, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I can see how movies would do that. And 
especially if a film like this put it in there on purpose. And there's, again, unfortunately, it was just buried under everything because there is a really cool story going on there. I mean, if it doesn't go deep into it in this one, but, you know, the main bad guy is actually the son of the leader of Rylos. You know, so the leader of the good guys is fighting his son. And, you know, they didn't go deep into that. There's a good story there. That's the reverse of Star Wars. Ish. Yeah, but it was no surprise. It was, <laughs> you can no longer call me father. Oh, that was his son. Okay, I get it. Um, when this came out, Star Wars Return of the Jedi was probably still in theaters, too. That oh, yeah, absolutely. That was 83. Yeah, this was in July of 84, so... Jedi, yeah. if it wasn't still in the theaters, it hadn't left. The Jedi was in theaters for a long time, wasn't yeah. it? So yeah. you had that and well, you had Star Trek two was out around that time. You had Police uh, Academy. Well, I was uh, just thinking of sci fi movies, but oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah you, eight, mid eighties they made some really good movies in the mid eighties. So Dune. Uh, Dune came out at that time. Oh yeah. So That's it's right. competing against Dune. Fire you are competing against Jedi. I mean it was Footloose. Lots so of yeah, but there, you, you, there's there's a cool story there, and there's a lot more that could be told. Now, unfortunately, you know the actors are, um, you know, they're older than me now, so um, they can't. I don't know if they could. There's a way you could kind of tell the story, but you'd have to fill the middle and stuff. So I don't know. I think there's some ideas floating around out there. Um, hopefully, somebody does something with it because it's just. As much as I love this movie and I hate reboots, I'm good with, or no, I'm good with reboots. I hate remakes. There we go. A story like this could be told pretty well nowadays. They'd be playing on PS5, though. Yeah, it, would, it wouldn't be an arcade game. It definitely wouldn't be an arcade <laughs> game. So anyway, I think I've said this a couple times already, but it's a fun movie. Check it out. It's, um, you know, it's not long. It's about an hour and a half long. It's like I said, it's cheesy, but it's fun. There's some good characters. I mean, Robert Preston, he's a, he's an Academy Award winning actor. He won either one or he was nominated for uh, Music Man uh, way back in the 60s. So, oh, yeah. you know, uh, I can't, ah, I'm blanking on the other guy. The guy who plays Greg, the alien, he's an Oscar nominee. Will um, Wheaton is in this movie. Yeah, Will Wheaton. This was one of his first roles. Uh, Dan O'Hurley, that was Greg. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, you know, he's an Oscar nominee. So they they had some good actors in it. Just they were older actors and then a couple newer actors that just... Catherine Mary Stewart, the uh, woman who plays Mags, she, she's made it pretty decent in the soaps. So if you're a soap fan, you would recognize her. Weekend at Bernie's. Weekend at Bernie's. That's what I recommended her for. Yep. <laughs> um, anybody here a Jaws 3D fan? That's where you get yep, Lance Guest. Out. Yep. I, I was just seeing if anyone else was raising their hand. Right, I'm Jaws not four. a Jaws 3D fan. No, I think that was four, wasn't it? He was in four. I thought he was in the three. Bahamas, uh, Jr. Uh, Jaws and... the Revenge. Yeah, that's I mean, four. That must be four then. Okay. Yeah. My bad. Good call. Oh, he was in Halloween 2. My favorite Halloween movie. Halloween 2. And I'm oh, being serious about that. that. So anyway, yeah, there's not much more I can talk about about this you know that it's got some really great messages that's in it of course it's good versus evil good's gonna win and just a fun movie gentlemen anything else to add no, I agree. I'm have to watch that one. <laughs> all right well um there we go my top six did you like it did you not bag. comment i liked it 
Very Tell good. me what you think. I know you guys like it. You guys like everything I like. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, hopefully you guys uh, heard some, you know, because, again, you always hear the greatest movies, Godfather, Citizen Kane, this, that. Nobody really ever talks about just their favorites and why. And these are six movies that maybe you've never even heard of half of them. Go check them out because uh, I like them. So you will too. Gentlemen, cool. thank you very much. And I guess we will see you whenever we do Drew's top six movies of all time. You're going to want to see Drew's because Drew has props for his top six. That's right. I didn't realize we need to bring props. I'm bringing props. I brought a spoon. Anyway, uh, thanks for watching. We just said the like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. For Nathan Snyder, Drew Hanskin, I am Doug Hardy. Thank you for watching. Movies are spiritual. My top six. We'll see you soon. Which I have a yeah. theory he's not the last Starfighter. His because brother. his brother plays the video game at the end. That's right. Yeah. And he's been playing for 35 years. He's ready. Call him up, coach. He's going to bust a record. He's going to bust every record. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. Got too excited there. <laughs>